Hey, real quick, before we say anything, I need to I need to get this off my chest. I need to talk some shit to this bitch who really been getting on my nerves. Alright? So go ahead, relax. Chill out for a minute. Let me get this. Let me get this out here, alright? Yeah, go ahead, man. Kiki. Do you really love me, bitch? Are you riding like you say you riding? Are you gonna hold the pack? Are you down for me? I just had to ask Kiki that real quick. Salute to Kiki. Fuck Kiki. I'm getting super tired of that. Oh yeah. That's I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm tired of the song and I'm tired of the dance. The song is dead, niggas. If y'all do want to dance, y'all weirdos. Shout out to Shiggy. You know yeah. he got a little bag for that. He's definitely allegedly. He allegedly. Said, actually, he said he didn't get a bag for it. Really? Yeah. And also, he, like his videos are terrible. You think so? His video, I've never laughed at any of his videos. I think he's okay. He's decent. Never laughed. Never. Mm. Literally. Have you been seeing like the videos where people jumping out the car and they getting fucked up trying to do that shiggy dance challenge shit? No, I told They like that. hop out the car and nah, you just not watching them? No, I'm not watching them at all. <laughs> as soon as I hear kiki, nope. Turn that shit right not off. Not doing it, nah, huh? I ain't, I'm not with it. No, thank you. I loved that song for the first week it was out. I know, and, and it, it just really got all the way played out. And what did I tell you the first day when it came? You out? said it. You said that was the one. I didn't see of, it at all. Song of the summer, song of the summer, right there, man. No, uh, Duval got the song of the summer, man. That smile, bitch. Nah, I'm cool. That's the one. He's also another nigga who has never made me laugh. He's not funny. Yeah, like, he's not funny at he, all. He he lets off a decent tweet now and again. Yeah. But his comedy, like, have you ever seen him do stand up? I've watched clips and it's not trash, my nigga. Terrible. Trash. Yeah. Alright, uh, we recording this on a Tuesday. This is the Left on Red podcast, by the way. I'm Uncle Fred. I'm Uncle Boogie, of course. How you doing, man? You alright? I'm good, man. I'm feeling real good. You know. I got on listen, man. These Yeezys? Uh huh. These Yeezys? Them Yeezys right there. Yeah. Cozy. Hey, bumfortable. Bump, real bumfortable. Which, which edition are those? What are those? Uh, the V2 Blue Tents. V2 Blue Tents. All right, talk your shit. Yeah. What they, what they, what they, buddy, what they chop off your pinky for them or what? Man, you know, uh, I got them on, uh, I got, I went to New York, went to, uh, the Nancy Street, we got them, you know what I'm saying? The Nancy Street. Yeah, the fake ones, you know what I'm saying? We got them for like 30 bucks. 30? Oh, that's a steal. Yeah, you could have copped a couple pairs of them joints. Exactly, yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? We out here, you know what I'm saying? Take a trip to New York, go to, um, damn, what the fuck is it? What did I just say? The Nancy Street? The Nancy, yeah. Yeah, man, go find, go ahead and find y'all a nice little A-Rab. Be out there probably selling them, bro. He probably got colors that ain't even came out yet, so salute to them. Big facts. Yeah. Um, I'm all right. I'm a little hungry. Yeah. Ain't gonna lie to you. I think you always hungry. Damn near. Yeah. I, li- I can really eat. Yeah. Like a scary amount of food. It's kind of bad. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You working out? That's a fact. I walk fucking ten miles a day at work. But uh, we come to y'all on this Tuesday because we got a special guest coming through. It's my man uh, Trey Miguel. We gonna talk about his life coming up and how he got into his now job of being an amateur wrestler and his aspirations to making it to the big times. So. I'm going to go ahead and correct you there. Uh-huh. He's not an amateur wrestler. He's an indie wrestler. Indie? Indie. 
Yeah. Yeah. Our amateur wrestling background is for like the Olympic wrestling. That's usually what people mean when they're like amateur wrestling. Olympic is amateur? Yeah, that's usually why they like say. I don't know why. But that sounds weird. Amateur wrestling, yeah, but like if he's not like on a major scene, he's on. He's so WWE and. Yeah. Okay. It's really only WWE, New Japan, shit like that. Got you. But yeah, he's an indie wrestler. Indie wrestler, my man, Trey Miguel. Hope y'all enjoyed the interview. Give it up for my guy. Alright, so y'all just coming from Frickers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, bro, they got the 69 cent uh, traditional wings, bro. That's my favorite. <laughs> gotta, go, gotta go and get some wings from Frickers, man, every single time. Wait, it's only 69 cent? I thought it was like 50 cent. They're not 50 cent no more? No, I go You thinking of B-dubs, That's I think. Uh, I don't even think B-dubs is that cheap. Yeah, I think B-dubs went up too. It's inflation. Yeah, inflation. Look at that. <laughs> College word. Right. All right, y'all. So my man Trey is here. Let's uh let's take it all the way to the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from right down the block. Right man. down the block, man. Right here in the city. Yep. Toledo, Toledo Ohio. Ohio. What was uh what was growing up for you like? It was different, man. It was uh it was harder. I had a different kind of situation. My my mom wasn't there really. Uh, so I was raised by my dad, a single dad. And then uh, my grandmother and my aunt had a huge part in taking care of me when I was a kid. And uh, when I was in, uh, when I was younger, I was like really into music because, uh, like, I remember I heard Eminem like he would go off about like his mom and stuff like that. So I used to like relate to that. So when I was a kid, I was like real heavy into music, and I knew, but I knew from the start like I wanted to be a wrestler. But it, if that didn't work, I knew I wanted to be a rapper or something like uh, that. It's gonna be one of the two. Yeah, it's gonna be one of the two. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, like I still dabble in like writing music at the same time too. Right. I but was about to say he got a sixteen somewhere yeah. in the stash. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but. And then, you know, so, like, right around the corner, I went to Cherry School. That that was hard, man. Right. That was real hard. Uh, it was easy while Christian was still uh, attending there, which only lasted until I was in the third grade. But after <laughs> that, man, the bullying was just so heavy. It you really, were getting bullied? Yeah, dude. Really? It was bad. Like, I actually even left Cherry School at one point. Um, the first half of fifth grade, I went to Old Orchard, and I was doing so bad academically over there. So, like... My dad was like, you were an honor student over at Cherry. Like, if you can put up with the bullying, we got to put you back over there or something. Like, something's got to switch. And the second I went back, things got a little bit easier. But I was just, I was getting exposed to more stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like bad seeds had moved in even, like, more since I had been away and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. And at the time, you remember... Uh, Obviously, Joe Sean, you know, I was hanging out with him every day, so... <laughs> Shout out to Joe Sean. Joe Sean, dude. Uh, we used to just get into so much trouble back then. Yeah, you gotta stick around Jordan at that point. Oh, man, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Roy. Yeah, that's the guy you want to be around. That's my boy. That positive influence. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, growing up, man, I was I tried so hard to fit in. And I remember I'd get picked on mainly for being like a huge wrestling fan back then, and I'd still, really? yeah, man, up until like the sixth grade, I carried my wrestlers in my backpack with me. Like it just, I had pick on me written across my forehead, you know. <laughs> so it so, was it was hard, man. So when did you first start getting into the, into wrestling? Um, when I was in the seventh grade, when we got to Devoe, 
they had a amateur wrestling team, and I remember thinking like, all right, Kurt Angle was an amateur wrestler before he became a pro wrestler, so right, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna do this and see how this goes. And like my first year was hard. I got whooped, dude. Like I just didn't. It took forever. I think like I didn't win my first three matches, and then I finally won one. And uh, I you know I just kept chipping away at it, and then eighth grade year came around, and I I got much better at it, and. I was still just as serious. Like, I knew that, like, coming out of that, I wanted to get into pro wrestling. But at the time, like, I didn't even know how or where to begin with that. I didn't know that that was, like, a thing that people could do in, like, a building. I, I just didn't know. You oh, you only see it on TV. Right. And so uh, eighth grade year, did wrestling. Ninth grade year was a little bit different. Uh, I was in, like, a full-time relationship with Hannah Warwick at the time. Mm. And... I didn't, uh, I ain't thick. care about extra, cr- thick. thick with two C's. Oh, two C's. <laughs> thick. <laughs> and, uh, dude, like, I didn't want to do nothing else, you know? I feel it. And, uh, so I didn't wrestle or think about it, like, my whole freshman year. And then coming out of freshman year, um, my neighbor, Brent, his dad, had went to a WWE event where he had run into a guy who he used to train and wrestle with back in the day because Brent's dad used to be an independent wrestler back in, like, the 90s. And uh, he knew that he was coming up on a big settlement check because he had to get surgery on his kidney, and the hospital lost his kidney. So, they lost his whole, a no. whole kidney, bro. Lose it, like, got misplaced kidney. or mixed up or something, I think... That's exactly how it went down, though. Should have called it. And so he gets this huge settlement check, and he decides that he wants to try to start his own wrestling business, and he's going to have a school, and uh, eventually like start running his own promotion and doing shows and stuff. And I'm only 14, coming out of my freshman year, and that like all this pops up, and he talks to the guy and was like, "Yo, if I get this building, will you train kids?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was the first person he asked, like, yo, if you can get your dad to agree to this, because it's illegal as hell, you're, you can't do it unless you're 18 in the state of Ohio. Yeah. But at the time, like, the Athletic Commission, like, hardly even regulated that stuff at all. They didn't really look into it because it just wasn't really so big. And uh, the deal was, like, yo, you help clean up the building, and I'll knock off X amount of dollars from your tuition. So I started from there. I remember, like, I showed up to this uh, house in Michigan where I'd never been before and like we walk into the backyard it's this big open field and there's just this raggedy green and black wrestling ring set up in this dude's backyard and it's soaking wet because it had rained the night before and like the side beams were like wood and the cross beams were too and nowadays like a standard wrestling ring is made out of like complete metal and the only wood that should be a part of it is like the plywood that goes across under the like yeah yeah absolutely so we tear that thing down and set it up the first day and it was soaking wet and we couldn't really do anything with the padding and the canvas so we had it uh like drying out back in the sun but i remember like we got everything set up the ring uh the ropes included and uh the wood that like the plywood that laid down and i remember like taking my first bumps with no padding or anything i was just that eager to learn how to or like be in a ring i was like I don't care about the padding or the canvas. Like, right, it, right, let's right. set everything else about. And, and like, I learned to run the ropes across wood, and that's just super unorthodox and unsafe <laughs> and just crazy. stupid to do. Uh, and 
yeah, so like that's how wrestling just kind of found me. I, I didn't know how I was gonna get into it. I never really, I had like found a place called OVW, which back in the day used to be a developmental for WWE, but it cost thousands of dollars to get trained there. And I just saw I was like, that's that's not gonna be something that's obtainable until like I'm done with school completely yeah. and stuff like that. So when I found the way in at like 14, I was just like, I gotta jump on it. Like this is this is an end. And by the time I was 15 years old, I was doing shows. I found a place up in Michigan that booked me once a month or twice a month. Every other week, they ran a show. And uh, I didn't get paid for, like, the first three years that I wrestled. Um, I only wrestled for, like, five different promotions within, like, the first three years that I wrestled. And uh, at one point, there was this promotion called... It's called Ring of Honor Wrestling, which is one of the biggest promotions that you could wrestle for. Uh, I got to wrestle for them against Charlie Haas, who used to be in WWE, and he used to be uh, in a tag team with Kurt Angle and Shelton Benjamin. And I wrestled him, and we had like a nine-minute segment for a pay-per-view called uh, The Hunt for Gold in 2013. And so like when I got that booking, I thought like from here, I was like, oh, dude, I'm taking off from here. I'm out. When I go home, like I'm going to look at my refrigerator empty for the last time. <laughs> like here comes the money. <laughs> and uh do like nothing came out of it and uh a month later or two months later my brother passed away and i ended up like taking a step back from wrestling just to, like reassess myself like i didn't know what i wanted to do and whatnot like i just couldn't find myself or find like the motivation to feel like doing anything and this one guy had reached out to me from uh Wyandotte, michigan his name was bubba and he had this promotion called uh MPW and he had told me he goes yo like I'm really sorry to hear about your brother but I don't want you to like give up wrestling like I'm a big fan of your work uh I got 40 bucks for you if you'll come up here once a month and at the time dude I'd only got paid one time ever and that, that was $20 so when he said he had $40 for me I was like <laughs> man to the <laughs> bank bro let's go <laughs> and so I did that for like a little bit under a year and nothing really came out of it I ended up uh wrapping things up with them because they went out of business and then I had nowhere to go for a while and then uh, back in 2014 there was a place that it uh, <clears throat> started up here in Toledo but they it was run by this dude that just like didn't know what he was doing at all and like I only did a few shows for him and then he pushed me out the door and I knew like someone else that had the same thing happen to him and that happened to be like one of my old trainers and I ran into him at a new place that started up in 2015 and the guy's name is CK3 uh, he he helped train me back when I was like 15 after I'd already gotten some training under like the original guy that like broke me into the business and stuff mm -hmm. so when I ran into him it was really cool and uh, he like kind of took me back under his wing and we hit the road to uh, this place out in Pittsburgh for a few months and then what ended up happening is, is one time we were at a show here in Toledo and he uh, well, there was a guy that was booked on the show his name is Dave Chris he wrestles for Impact Wrestling which is WWE's like main competition on TV right. and uh, he he was on the show and my trainer goes like yo will you take a look at my kid tell me what you think and you, you could give him better advice than I could because to do that, uh, CK, he's, like, super old school and stuff like that, like, doesn't do any of the stuff that I do. So, like, he 
he had like a lot of hands-on training with like just teaching me like the fundamentals but like a lot of stuff that I do nowadays like is stuff that Dave taught me and Dave had to pull out of me so from that night uh, Dave watched me wrestle and he was impressed with my work and then uh, he had requested that like he wrestled me the next show but that didn't end up happening I ended up wrestling his main trainee this uh, guy named Zach who's my wrestling partner like my dude's like my brother now and uh, him and I wrestle and dude we had like just a really good match and really good ring chemistry with each other and Dave from there was just like dude get some new gear start working out like do better for yourself and I can get you an opportunity down in Dayton for this place called Rockstar which is where I wrestle every Wednesday now okay. and uh, I did that for a few months at a time and eventually he I ended up getting an invite to move in and train full-time down in Dayton and so I ended up moving down there in August of 2016, the day before my birthday. And everything has just completely changed since then, man. Like, uh, now I, like, wrestle full-time. I don't work anymore. Really? Like that. Yeah. I was going to ask and, you about that. That's tight. And, like, traveling's a full-time thing now, too. I practically live out of a suitcase. It, it, it's a it's a crazy living, but it, it's like it's Sound everything. Sounds like it's a grind. It, it it is, and what's crazy is like a lot of times like people are like, oh, but you like, I, I'll like express like how stressful it can be and stuff like that, and people are like, oh, but you get to see like the world and stuff like like do like I do when I don't. I get to like show up to a lot of these places. I'm right. there for the show, and then like I gotta hop right back in a car or on, on a pl- or on a plane. Yeah, and I'm right out of there, so I never really like get to stop and smell the roses. Mm. So, but like, there's a few times where like, uh, when I went to Mexico, the two times last year, I did, uh, I did two tours in Mexico last year and got to wrestle in like a total of 15 different cities in Mexico. And there were times where like I'd have a day off and would like get to explore and stuff like that. So like, that was really cool. And unless it's like, you're doing like a stretch of days where you're somewhere that's, it's normally in and out. Okay. By the way, you have a great name to be like a luchador. (laughs) (laughs) and that's dude it's like super confusing to people too i work for a guy named conan who's a like really well-known wrestler from wcw and and uh he books arrow lucha and triple a wrestling and uh triple a is one of the biggest promotions you can wrestle for in mexico and i'll be going there in the fall and i work for another promotion it's uh ray mysterio's promotion actually it's called arrow lucha so i work for ray mysterio and conan that's tight that's pretty cool um, who were some of your favorite wrestlers coming up, and do you model your game after anybody? Like, do you do you have right. any inspiration? So, like, dude, for the longest time, I didn't know like who I was in wrestling, and now I have like I have a new moniker and like a a gimmick air quote. Uh, I go by like the Fresh Prince of Midair. Yeah, and so like, dude, you gotta remember John Cena being my favorite wrestler of back course. in the day. John Cena was the hardest dude in the world, and I used to like when I first broke into wrestling, I was like, dude. I want to be like John Cena, but there is no way I could be. I'm not half as big, and it's really frowned upon to wear, like, jeans and sneakers and not, you know what I'm saying, like, not dress professionally and, like, have actual gear. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm in a position, like, with uh, what I've set up for myself and, like, being the Fresh Prince and stuff like that, like, I can kind of, like... It's the most fun I've ever had wrestling now because I I feel like the inner child in me is coming out because, like, it's kind of like what Cena used to do, but not anything like it like I've made it my own but uh, so I definitely like get to and there's even like moments where I've done like John Cena's comeback and stuff like that the 
uh, he'll like duck one, shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, duck another, spin out, power run. You can't see me. All right, so this is funny as hell, dude. One time, I'm wrestling this one guy. He's blind out of one eye, and I didn't think about this. So I hit him with the thing, and I'm doing John Cena's comeback, and I go for the you can't see me. And I look down at him like, oh, shit. He's blind. Really <laughs> he's, he's blind in one eye. I'm like, his name. His name's I Candy Elliot, and I even said it out loud. I was like, "You're blind, and you can't see me." And the crowd's like, "Oh, damn, that's messed up." I, I had to acknowledge it. That's pretty funny. So, do you uh, do you usually work as heel or face? A lot of places I work face, but some places it's just like they they need heels or something like that i'm mainly uh at rockstar right now i've been a heel for probably going coming up on a year or so yeah right. just a few months shy of it being a heel are you good on the mic like would you say your mic skills are pretty good yeah absolutely I'm, I'm like really confident in holding a microphone and doing like backstage promos and stuff like that and i feel like that that comfort level comes out of like i have done like performances as like on stage rapping and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh when I was in like the seventh and eighth grade, and again when I think like back in 2015, I actually got to like open for Caskey, who's one of my favorite rappers. Okay. That was really cool. So I've always had like that comfort level, of like speaking in front of people and stuff like that. Got you, got you. I don't think people realize how hard of a grind it is being a wrestler, especially like independent. Yeah. Like coming up, you have to really love wrestling in order to like really do that shit. So I salute you. Thank <laughs> you. Like, I I completely understand. And uh, I've been I follow wrestling since I was like young as hell. Like I got you. So, man, hearing this, this is this is really fucking dope. What's crazy is like when I broke in, I didn't know about independent wrestling. I thought like you just got trained and you went straight to WWE. Uh, like yeah. I was, I didn't know there's like a pool of ten thousand <laughs> motherfuckers waiting for their chance too. So yeah, I remember like the f- like people just started telling me about like all these different promotions. Like I started doing my research. I'm just like. What am I ever gonna do? And uh, it's crazy now. Like I'm, I'm on shows with guys that like, like ACH and Ring of Honor. I remember one time I paid for a front row Ring of Honor ticket just that way I could see ACH. And now like, he's a dude I wrestle on shows with every month and a few times a month. And like we're on a first name, but he's super cool with me in every locker room we go to. And guys uh, like I'd watch on Lucha Underground, like Pentagon and Phoenix or super nice guys to me in the locker room and stuff like that and I've gotten to wrestle Phoenix one on one and that was super cool and like meeting like you just meet all your heroes dude it's really crazy I have friends that are in the WWE I'm friends with uh, Rich Swan. he's a great friend of mine who was just WWE Cruiserweight Champion a few months ago mm-hmm. uh, Ricochet who's killing it in NXT right now like he randomly DM'd me a week ago on Instagram like this thing like would you rather take a, a Two million or would you rather pick a million dollars up front or have a 50-50 chance at $200 million or hang out with the richest person alive for three years and then like or have uh, free travel for life and I was just like what? (laughs) (laughs) It is the most random thing in the world but it's super cool that like Ricochet's been like one of my biggest influences in wrestling and I always get drawn the comparison of like looking like him and performing like him in the ring so it like it's sweet and it's uh, bittersweet. Like it's it's bitter at the same time because like he's literally one of the best in the world. So to constantly get compared to him is like it's a compliment. But most places are just like there's already a ricochet. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't right. we don't need a second one running around. Yeah. So so would you say obviously you know it would be like the end goal would be most people do WWE. Mm-hmm. 
is that what you want or are you looking like would you take like would you go over to New Japan something like that TNA I have a like the end goal is definitely to get to WWE um, I've, I've gotten to to work for Impact before which was really cool it was uh, back in August of last year mm-hmm. and uh, I have so many friends and like people that I've worked with that Russell inside of Impact so I would love to go to Impact too just because I'm already familiar with their talent pool already and I've worked with most of those guys and they're already fond of me so that's definitely a goal too I feel like everything that's not WWE is a stepping stone and I want to step on all of them like I want to go to New Japan I would love to do that if I could spend like two years at New Japan I would definitely do it I actually like I wasn't allowed to say anything, but it's kind of like just like went on record on social media the other night. But I just I was invited to go to Japan. I'm gonna or Japan and China. I'll be going to China for Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Shima, who used to book Dragon Gate Wrestling, which is where like the best of everyone that's wrestling, like Rich Swan and Ricochet, both c- came out of Dragon Gate and trained under Shima. And uh, like I posted this video on Twitter the other night and. Uh, it was of me at AAW. I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's uh, a promotion that CM Punk and Seth Rollins were pulled out of. It's like the biggest place you could wrestle in the Midwest. Okay. And uh, and it's like Cedric Alexander, he okay. was pulled out of there too, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, but I posted this video of me doing a meteor, which is uh, just like a jumping double knees <clears throat> onto the dude's chest. But the ring is set up against the stage, like, flat-leveled. Yeah. And I was standing behind the post, and I crouched down and springboarded over the uh, ring post onto the top rope and then jumped forward onto DJZ and hit him with a Meteora. And uh, Shima from uh, OWE, like, tweeted at me, like, see you soon. And I was like, all right, so I guess, like, I, the cat's out the bag now, so, like, this is, like, me officially saying it or like that. Yeah, so I got invited to go to China and inadvertently probably japan also and if i do go there it'll be for russell one okay pretty cool a lot of people like to say that wrestling is fake and i know that you just recently had like (laughs) an injury from wrestling i believe man can you take me through like the the physical total wrestling shit takes on your body and like how how people actually get hurt and and i wanted to know does taking a bump ever get easy like Bumping hurts in itself just because like it's, it's you just forcing yourself to hit like a it's wood with padding on top of it but it's still like it's unnatural mm-hmm. you know and there's whiplash you have to teach yourself like proper posture so that way like you can spread out impact and take bumps properly and stuff like that but wrestling is the most painful thing I've ever done it really it really fucking hurts <laughs> uh, like running the ropes those ropes are cable wire like the kind that hold up poles and yeah. stuff like that and that's like he- like tightened with as much tension as it possibly can get and like to hit those with as much force as you do when you're first doing that and getting your body used to it it'll bruise and callous your back like no other and Mm. it sucks uh i've gotten injured plenty of times dude like both my heels are ruined my jaw i can like dislocate and relocate and it's like cracking a knuckle i I had it broke twice last year so like jesus that's kind of crazy dude i i get it knocked out if if like i ever like catch like an elbow or a knee in the jaw it gets knocked out of place it's the most irritating thing ever is that your worst injury Uh, 
I'd say probably my jaw. It was excruciating the first time I broke it, and I couldn't eat for a long time, dude. It <laughs> hurt, and I'm I took a like a like a couple of like Vicodin that night and drank like a Long Island that was like mixed with it was just liquor, the, like the, the bar, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I remember just being knocked out and waking up in my bed the next morning after a six-hour drive that I slept straight through. And I yawned, like, first thing, and it, that was just the worst pain in the world. Like, I completely had forgot, like, I just, like, wake up, don't remember, like, what happened or anything like that, and I go to yawn, and, oh, man, it was the worst. Um, I broke this finger recently, like, maybe four months ago or so. I just started being able to wrestle without tape on it. It broke right here. I have no idea how it happened either. It was after a match with Phoenix at the end of it. Like, I went to get up off the mat, mm-hmm. and when I looked down at my hand, my finger was just dangling straight down. Jesus. <clears throat> i broken that pinky, too. Dude, it's... Uh, I got dropped on a dive one time and broke my tailbone when I was 16. Tailbone? Yep. My God. Yep. Your tailbone. I think... Uh, I'd say that and my jaw are probably the two worst out of all of them. Okay. You got a favorite match of all time? Oh, man. It would probably be between my first match with DJZ or... It, it might be that. That probably that and tied for first with my one on one with Phoenix. Okay. Because those are both matches that I just like really looked forward to because I looked up to both those guys like so much and they just both matches went really well and I'm like on a match series with DJZ at AEW now so to be able to work with them twice was really cool and we're gonna uh, do another one in August so that's really exciting. Okay. What about like the 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 bigger shows like the WWE and stuff like that? Do you got a favorite match from from there? Uh, honestly, I'm like so busy, and on Mondays and Tuesdays we have training, so I don't even get to watch WWE's product anymore. And I feel like it's it's kind of like watching a football game for me. Like unless you watch it live, it's really hard to go back and watch it when you have the option to just fast forward. And all the spoilers have already been released and stuff right. like that. Like, have you ever watched a football game after it had happened? No. It's yeah. just it's kind of like it's it's it's, score, it's, you know it's weird, you know. So like if if I miss wrestling, I just miss it, and I miss yeah. it every week because we have a training school down in Dayton, and we're normally training students. Yeah, I think the internet in a lot of ways ruined wrestling. Like oh, absolutely. As far as like the mystique about wrestling, completely destroyed it, bro. Oh yeah, kayfabe is with dead. with spoiler reports and yeah. the like when tape like when pre taping became a thing because yeah. WWE started like taping SmackDown on Tuesdays back yeah. in the day. So I remember, like you could, you could like bet with people what was gonna happen and shit yeah. like that if you had read the dirt sheet. But all those websites would like give you viruses too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are you gonna be next? Where Where are you going from here? Um, your next match. My next match, I'll be in Dayton, Ohio tomorrow, and then this weekend I have a match against Brian Cage for the. Uh, TNA X or the Impact X Division Championship in Cleveland for a promotion called Premier Championship Wrestling, okay. and then the weekend after that I'll be back in Dayton for Wrestling Revolver, which is Sammy Callahan's promotion, okay. and then uh, that's followed by uh, AAW the next day in Chicago, and then on August 11th I'll be in LA for a promotion called Maverick Pro, and that'd be my first time ever being in California, 
and on August 17th through September 2nd, I'll be on my first UK tour. That boy busy. Wow. Move. That boy busy. Move. Definitely. And that's really exciting for me, too, because my birthday is August 30th, so I'll, I'll get to spend uh, my birthday in the UK. That's pretty tight. That's really dope. Damn. Try to think if I got anything else. Um, is it almost time for you to get up out of here? I know you have something to do. Yeah, but I want to make sure we get this right. I want to make sure I get it <laughs> out that I wanted to know. Um, wow. The last time I seen you was at Jordan's wedding. And you were with a, a young lady. That was a year ago, yeah. You, you still with her? No, actually, no. I'm not. Uh, I was going to ask, like, how was how was she handling that? Like, no. How was that? Um, no, I'm not dating her anymore. And the girl that I'm with now is more busy than me. So uh, it's kind of like a reverse role. And it's weird. Like, I'm like, she's got, like, way more followers than me and everything. <laughs> <laughs> she, dude, she's a star. Is uh, how how do that work out? How do you maintain a relationship without her traveling and shit you do? Uh, and especially if you It's hard because it's a long distance relationship already, so yeah. I hardly get to catch her, but like you just gotta keep communication, man. And I don't know, like when I met her I just knew like I knew it was worth it and I didn't know like what would happen and like I never met a girl as incredible as I think she is, so I'm just I'm doing anything I can to try to make it work like I just uh she's from Toronto and I just did a three uh three day three city tour last weekend in Canada so mm-hmm. I, the first night I wrestled in Sarnia and then the second night I was in London and then the third night I was in Toronto and so like I stayed up there and then flew home a couple of days later so I could hang out with her okay did you put her in a Boston crab while you was up there? <laughs> <laughs> nah I didn't do that Metaphorically. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a match like just turn into like a full blown like just shoot fight? There was this one time when I was, I think I was eighteen. I just did Ring of Honor, and uh, it was an outside show, and it was this kid's first match, and he was fifteen, and they billed me from they, they were like Ring of Honor superstar, and I'm just like. What are you shit? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and dude, this this fucking match happened in someone's yard. They they said it was at a festival. This was a block party, but this block had one house on it. Mm-hmm. So it was just a bunch of people standing around and there's like a Winnebago in the yard and that was the dressing room and then everyone's calling their matches behind it and just walking around it when the music hit. And there's maybe like twenty people sitting around this ring. But it's like 90 degrees outside, and it's got a vinyl canvas, and the kid blew his opening spot. And I had just gotten this forearm tattoo done, and I remember like the first, like he blew a spot, I snap-married him, and I went to pin him, so that way I could just like slow it down and talk to him for a second. And when I put my arm down, I realized like how fucking hot that mat was. It was like, bing, light went off in my head. So like from that point on... I just kept slamming him and snapmaring him and pressing his back onto the fucking mat. <laughs> and just like, I just like was trying to singe this kid's back. He had made me so mad, dude. It was the easiest spot in the world, and he fucked it up. And I was just like... And he he was uh, scheduled to win. Really? I, I had to put him over. I was That's why I was mad. I was like, this is bullshit, dude. I'm, I'm beating his ass. But there's been plenty of times, like, I've, I've had dudes dodge me, like, hit me, and then, like... I told him, like, 
oh, dude, you're about to fucking catch one. And then, like, they just avoid you for the rest of the match because there's other people in it. So, like, don't ever verbally tell them you're going to get them back. Or yeah, anything like that. Just, just, just get, get them back. Yep, just get your shit in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling for the finisher before you hit it. You know they're going to, you know, like, they heard you. Yeah. <laughs> they know what's up. <laughs> anything else? Uh, I don't got nothing, man. I think... Then we got it. I think this was good. So, you, where you say you was at next? Dayton. Dayton. Dayton tomorrow. Yep, at Rockstar Dayton Pro. Dayton tomorrow. That's exciting. I want to see you, like, have a Dave Meltzer five-star match one day. Man, Dave Meltzer just uh, recently, like, uh, commented on this kid that used to live with me, Myron Reed. So, like, I know he's paying attention to our group. So, if you ever hear this Dave Meltzer, you better review me. <laughs> Give him a five star, six star match. Facts. That's you wanna uh, go ahead and plug like your Twitter and where awesome. they can find yeah. you and shit like that. On Facebook, I'm just on there as Trey Miguel, and then on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at the Trey Miguel. The Trey very important. One and only. Well, I have like some old Twitter accounts that like. I got locked out of, and they were like, Trey McGill underscore, Trey McGill one, and I'm just like, nah, nah, and like, for the longest, man, was, like, promotions would tag the wrong thing, I'm like, I'm getting no clout, motherfucker, like, <laughs> you gotta tag the right one. How did you, where did the McGill come from? That's my middle name. Is it really? Yeah, it's really my middle oh, name. Right. That's weird. Kept it simple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy, too, that's what I was about to say earlier about the luchador thing, like, I'm not even Mexican, bro, I'm black and white, <laughs> and, and, and it makes no sense having the middle name McGill. Yeah. Just be throwing people off. That's well funny. Mask on. Yeah. Nah, if I were, if I did that, motherfuckers would call me Prince Puma, and <laughs> yeah, I'm done being compared to Ricochet. <laughs> All right, man, we appreciate you coming through. We yep. wish you luck on the next match. Thank you very much, man. I was, it was a blast coming, kicking it. We're gonna have to get you back <laughs> on again. Yeah. yeah, this has been the Left on Red podcast, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace.